0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 41 of the From the Finny podcast with Jimmy and me, Jake. In this episode, we'll be joined by Young Josh, as we call him. We'll discuss the 4-0 defeat against Cardiff. We'll discuss Alex Neal. We've got PC Paul Elliott with us in part two, and we'll finish off by looking ahead to Wednesday's game against QPR. Enjoy. Fellas, apart from the football, how are we both?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thanks.
1: Good. Alive. (laughs) (laughs) What else can you say? There's a positive of every situation and at the minute that's one of them. Yeah, I'm um, still breathing. I'm still here. Yeah. Before we crack on, just a reminder as always that you can support us here at From the Finney. Uh, just head over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finny, and any money received will help to keep the podcast and the website running and it's massively appreciated. And this one's for Jim. Again, as always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then you can leave us a review on there. Yeah, we're well over 100 now and Somehow, still five star despite Jim's insistence that he talks shite, which I don't agree with. But anyway, um, yeah, yesterday or Saturday, as people are listening to this on Monday. First of all, then, what what did you think about the shape and how we set up for the game? Obviously, matching them up with a three-five-two, five-three-two, depending on how you look at it.
3: Well, it's what we always do when we play a team play three-five-two. We'll come on to QPR later, but they play three-five-two and play three-five-two since Boxing Day, so I expect to see it Wednesday night. It didn't, it didn't bother me. I thought the team, when it came out, I looked at it, I thought, yeah, that's fine. No issues with it. The issue starts when we put the ball out for a throw-in <laughs> within 30 seconds and then literally the ref couldn't wait to give a penalty. And then your game plan's completely undone within the first minute of the game. And Alex Neal's had a bit of criticism online about, oh, we didn't even have a game plan. Well, it might be funny, but the game plan goes completely out the window when you can see the penalty in the first minute of a game. And I, I can, I've watched it back probably a dozen times now and I can't work really out what he's given it for. It looks like he's given it for a foul by Lindsay.
1: Yeah, it looks, but, it looks like a kick-out, doesn't it? just so soft. It's like... Very. Uh, but in fairness, we, we've said it before on here, you know, if, if, you, if you hang a leg out or you dangle a leg out in a situation like that, you're giving the ref a decision to make.
3: I get that, but that's, that's our seventh penalty we give away this season now. I think we'll give six away since the turn of the year. Yeah, if you, and
1: I think if you include work, it is, and that it? it's just becoming a problem.
3: It's just starting
1: to really frustrate
3: me that we're just, we just we don't give ourselves a chance. You know, you, you can't really can't really put your finger on it. Really, like why are we making these mistakes? And it's it's individual errors, and it costs it's cost us massively. You know, to concede within the first concede apparently within the first minute of a game is criminal. And I get what the manager said post match. I, I, I disagreed with a few things he said about him playing all right and spells, but you just don't give yourself a chance to even get a foothold in the game when you can see in the penalty like that. And then, like we just never recovered. It took us half an hour to start stringing passes together successfully. I think we we passed it passed it around the back all right. You know, we had over sixty percent possession at first half, but it was possession without purpose. And we said this back in, I think it was October, November. You can have all the possession in the world, but if you're not doing anything with it, there's no bloody point in having it. You yeah. know, we completed, completed over 500 passes yesterday North End. it's like, probably most we've done all season. But what's the point? You know, Cardiff didn't let us out of our... You know, they're locked on at three, 3v3 in mid, midfield. DJ hasn't got out of Vox's pocket all game. Right? In the whole hour he's been on the pitch. Very poor game yesterday. But the, you've got to give their
1: midfield three credit. Because it's a good midfield just... three though, when like on paper, it loads of championship experience. We we wouldn't complain about it, would we, really?
3: No, absolutely not. I think it it was it was Wilson and Whiteman and then Pack and Volks on um Malumbi and DJ. And yeah. honestly, it was just they just locked on. You know, everyone's like Harry Wilson's a flair player and all that. But what he did off the ball yesterday were very good. He just locked on to Whiteman, didn't give him any space, didn't give him time to play. And we just, we just, all the space was out wide and he he's crying out for us to go back to our usual shape at half-time and he didn't do it and he stayed 3-2 all game and I think that's what cost him yesterday. That's what's frustrated me more than anything.
2: I think he went long ball as well, didn't he? I think because of their midfield and how they sort of matched us, I think it forced us to go long and with how tall their centre-halves are, we just didn't have a chance, we just weren't sticking at all.
1: No, they they were mopping everything up, weren't they? As you would expect, you know, Aidan Flint, uh, Sean Morrison, and Curtis Nelson. Is it? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they're going to win nine out of ten aerial battles every every day of the week.
3: Yeah, it's. Um, I think we completed. Well, we completed twenty six out of seventy seven long balls yesterday. I mean, they're, they're two lads at the back, Flint and Morrison. When we played them at Deepdale, we went long that game as well, it was just like it was just asking for you, just asking for trouble. I know Evans is. He put himself about it yesterday. I thought Reese was poor. Just could not get in the game that lad yesterday. Mm. Like, linked to, like, a few little passes here and there, but I don't think he passed more than 10 yards in his passing. Just all safe. It was just it was such a poor performance by us yesterday. And even at one nil at our time, whilst we've been as poor as we were first half, I I said to someone, I said, there's even getting there's either punches getting thrown in the dressing room or because they, they, they can't come out second half and be as bad as they were first half. And fucking hell, 30 seconds, it takes them to concede. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? I, I sat there with me, I was like, I've not I've not just seen that. I It's just because we made a positive sub as well, putting Barkey on and thinking, all right, okay, try and get him behind him, and it's loose touch, and then bang, we're 2-0 down. It's like
1: but It was the retaking kick-off, wasn't it? We went long with that first one, and then passed it around it. at the back. So what are we doing? I think we we were we were halfway into Cardiff's half something like that and Harry Wilson wins the ball. Obviously Alan Brown's pushed on on the right and Harry Wilson in fairness it's a good ball it's a good run from Murphy you know he's got loads of space to run into with obviously Brown being nowhere near and then just slots it away and you've got 20, car, 26 27 seconds into the second half you you're looking at a mountain to climb really. It's
3: completely undone everything he said at half time. And the the changes made, it's gone out the window in 30 seconds. So exactly. like, you know, it's no one he's frustrated. I would be frustrated, I've I'd, I'd be going mad. But I, I didn't think we could be as poor as we were first half, and then that second half was a <laughs> shambles. It's a shambles, Jake. Yeah, I know. It's so poor. Like that's I know. The, the thing is as well, it just it
1: just got worse from that from that opening twenty five, thirty seconds, it just got worse from then on.
3: But they weren't good. This is the thing. They were, they were very organised, very structured, like right? very disciplined in their shape. But it's not like they were. It's not. It's not like they were fantastic. It's not like they were a great side, great to watch.
1: Well, all four just, of their goals of you, you could look at as being us fucking up.
3: Completely. They, so not, they've
1: not. They've not strung passes together and, and torn us apart. That.
3: That's the biggest concern for me. Like they've not had to work for four goals. Yeah. They've not had to work hard for them at all. They've, they've well, won the game 4 well, maybe three. And that's... The
1: referee's obviously given the penalty, but yeah, but you make look. still.
3: You make your own look at times, Jay.
1: Yeah. And,
3: you know, they've saved two penalties. You know, and I, I know it's only one chance if you think about it in terms of the game, but the guy, Dylan Phillips, has saved two penalties. He saved 13 out of his last 15 penalties, by the way. Have you seen that?
1: Yeah. What a stat that is. is. Yeah.
3: But, yeah, I think at 2-0, you know, we're chasing the game at that point. Gordon looked to bright spot when he came on. Yeah, um, obviously winning the penalty what did you think of that do you think it was a pen of course it is yeah for me it is if it's the first one's a pen then he's, he's got to give it can't not give it <laughs> I don't as know. not think, think if,
1: if that's anywhere else on the pitch shoulder to shoulder I think you're lucky to get a free kick to be honest yeah I thought it was,
2: at first Again, I thought he had gone for his mark, but then on the replay it did look shoulder to shoulder so maybe it was a lucky one but I mean the second one the second one's Stonewaller in it Mm. But he's nice to miss them both.
1: Yeah, I watched the second one back and I, I, I do still think it's a Stonewall penalty, but I think I tweeted yesterday saying I thought it, uh, Flint should have seen red for it. I don't think, having seen it back, I, at first viewing, I thought it looked like he'd gone through the back of galley. But even though, yeah, he has come in from behind, I think he has probably got something on the ball, but it's just a bit of a rash challenge. He's, he's jumped in. He's off the ground if you watch the replays. That's uh, Adam
3: Flint or, or uh, well, so, is not it yeah. really. I think it's is it double jeopardy the rule now where you can't get can't you can't get sent unless if it, unless it's violent conduct, so he's not gone for the ball. Yeah. Did he get booked,
1: Flint, no. for the challenge? Not, not that. that I'm aware of. Uh um, do you know what actually, yeah, he might have done.
3: It's unlikely you to not have a clear what's going on, Jake, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then obviously the two penalties, mate, it's just oh God. You give yourself the chance of getting back in the game and then do that.
1: But I think that's the worst pen I've seen Galley take in a long time.
3: His pen record's not that good, you know. He's missed he's missed I think that's probably the third, maybe fourth penalty he's missed for us. I think I know I know he's more scored often like, than
1: not though, he, he follows up, doesn't he? So people forget about the penalty miss. Yeah. yeah. Cause it
3: yeah. I think did, did DJ look about two minutes two or three minutes earlier. Because he came on for Gordon, came on for him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. So. Gordon,
1: Gordon and Galley came on for Whiteman and DJ, didn't they? So uh, Flint, Flint did get booked. <laughs> did he? Thought he did.
3: So yeah, and then I know from there, in it really. I think it. Not, in all honesty, I think that knocks the confidence out of us completely. And you look at the third and fourth goal that we can see the, the, the mix-ups that. We haven't really seen from North End for a long time. You know, proper no. defensive calamities, really. Third one.
1: Well, the, it's both Liam Lindsay, really, isn't it? You know, the, the third one that you obviously going to come on to then, he doesn't even attempt to try and head the ball, just lets it bounce. And then Iverson doesn't look like he's expecting that to happen. And he's obviously late coming off his line. And then it's just a bit of a fuck-up from there, really, barring the good save from Iverson to deny more his second.
3: Yeah. Just something Alex Neal said on Thursday in the press conference, is he mentioned Liam Lindsay on, on radio Langs. It's a decent interview, actually, it's about three and a half minutes long. He talks about the contract situation in quite a bit of detail, but he mentions Liam Lindsay and the fact that he's come out of the cold after 12 months he's played three games back to back, you know, all 90 minutes. And he said something about it, he's like he's feeling it in his legs or something, because obviously he's but he's also feeling it mentally, the fact that he's just played back to back games for the first time in you know, over 12 months. And then I just think like he's 60 or 70 minutes into the game. You know, his fourth game in a week. He's, you know, and he looked tired, you know, at that point. And it just stuck with me what he'd said in that interview on Thursday. And it just like, you could, I'm not making excuses for that. Don't be wrong. Cause they're two bad mistakes, but you can sort of understand why the mistakes have been made. Yeah. Um, and you've got two loanees clashing, you know, in terms of the keeper and, the, and Lindsay. Probably doesn't help. Communication probably could have been better.
1: We've mentioned it before, haven't we? Relationships.
3: Yeah. and uh, Because to be fair, the, three of them, the lads on loan haven't played that badly so far for me. I think they've all done, you know, Iverson especially. Iverson looks a really good keeper. You know, it's a great save from more. But the third goal, there's an angle where you can see it from um, the, the reverse angle, basically. And Marlon Packers run from the halfway line completely unchallenged and they've got there's five Cardiff players in the in our penalty area when they've scored the goal I can't remember the last time we had five penalties players in our in a penalty area when we're attacking on a counter attack like that because they attacked ruthlessly and we our position and shapes horrific we're all over the place and I think as soon as that goes in, you know, the force probably inevitable at that point, you know, and it's come from another mistake, like, but I can't believe it. I can, I cannot honestly not believe how bad we were yesterday. That's the, you know, and I was quite deflated after the Rovers game back in November when obviously the dictators at our place. Uh, I thought that was the worst performance of the season until yesterday. That was atrocious. There's no, there's absolutely no getting away from it. And I can't, I, I can't remember any of his players, maybe Gordon that have come off the pitch with any credit, Greg did all right, but
1: I think that's probably him, about it.
3: Yeah, it's just I, I I'm and and still as well.
1: I don't I don't think he was too bad.
3: You could probably put him at third goal, can't you? Just communication wise, but he's made him he's made a great save for more to try and rectify the situation. But it's just the defending for pack. The guy's run unchallenged from the halfway line. What the f- what is going on, lads? That, yeah. That's horrific.
1: Yeah, I'd yeah. expect to see that from my under 15s, not from professional footballers. That's the even... thing as well. <coughs>
2: they, sorry, Jimmy. They put it all on. I mean, everyone's blaming Alex Neil, and, you know, he's got to take criticism after yesterday, but it's stuff like that, you know, players not tracking, you know, whether you're 3 0 down or whatever, it's it do not matter, does it? You still got to It's the track basics, you know? isn't it? You know, it's a bit of effort.
1: Yeah. But it's, it's basic a... simple stuff you know you taught that at uh, junior football and for pros not to continue doing the basics is just it's unacceptable really and you know we we've had criticism for not criticizing Alex Neil um well the next section is going to be probably music to a lot of people's ears I would imagine um in terms of obviously the manager you know we've spent 20 minutes or whatever talking about yesterday but he's come in for a lot of stick this season and and at times rightly so um you know we've criticized him despite people saying otherwise but we have we we have largely backed him and while I'm still not in the Alex Neil out camp I don't think I'm fully in the Alex Neil in camp anymore if that makes sense you know, rarely these days will you see a manager staying at a club for five years. And at the minute, I can't help but feel like it's getting closer and closer to the end of a cycle for us. You know, it's it's well documented. We've got a bottom six budget. And I think this is just my opinion. Um, I think finishing seventh in his first season might have been one of the worst things to happen for him. Looking back, you know, it sets expectations incredibly high. But when you sell your best players like Jordan Hugel, who's now, you know, is a former Premier League player. He's now fighting at the top of the Championship. Callum Robinson playing in the Premier League. Greg Cunningham went on to play in the Premier League. Ben Davis at Liverpool. Ben Pearson, he's at a club fighting for the top six. Darnell Fisher, same. You know, he's at Borough. Pushing for the playoffs. Any others that I might have forgotten. And you don't adequately recreate, replace those players, you're always going to struggle. And we've we've said it time and again, but when that happens and the manager's not given the backing, so to speak, you know, we, Jim, you and I can sit here for five minutes, probably reeling off names of players that the manager's wanted that haven't been brought to the club. You know, he's always going to struggle in that regard, but, you know, let's let's make no bones about it. There have been very few performances of late that make you sit back and go, do you know what? Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching North End at the minute or on saturday or on tuesday or wednesday whenever it might be and granted some people value entertainment in football more than others but i think for the vast majority of supporters especially at the minute you know given everything that's going on with covid the entertainment side of things is is a big thing and i can't really remember apart from maybe rovers Brentford, you know, the standout games of this season. I don't really remember us sort of going at a team. It's not something that we do anymore and I don't really know, to be honest. It's
3: Is it something we've done for the past year? Probably Arguably. not. No. You know, we look at the, even December 2019, I think we beat Luton at home on about the 12th, I think it was, I think Stockley scored late on. And then we've had two home games at the end of the month. We've had Reading when they've they're the first team that's sort of implemented this low block, and like, you know, because I said, right, come on, then break us down. And we will not be able to, and they w- we weren't able to do it. They've scored two early goals and they've sat in. And we played Borough on New Year's Day or in you know, around that time. And I think the warning signs were there. And we did a pod. And I said, we had Dave said no, we had John Kelly, we had a few others. And I said, Do you think Alex Neil's been found out tactically? And do you think he's got a plan B? And everyone's like, No, we're all right. I think the warning signs were there then. I'm a massive Alex Neil fan. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows that I'm an Alex Neil fan and yeah. I, I like the guy as a manager. But there's something clearly wrong. There's something that's really evidently wrong. And, you know, the guy hasn't got that much of a say in the contract situation, hasn't got that much of a say in the transfer situation. He's very much a head coach at North End. And if the coach can't get the best out of the players and the players are lacking confidence and the results aren't coming, then unfortunately something's got to change and I'm now at the point where I think a freshen up is needed and I think it's needed on and off the pitch I think we're very stale as a football club we're very set in our ways you know and I think the old phrase of if you do what you've always done you'll get what you've always get has never been more prevalent as it is now Um, we are yeah everyone talks about us being a bottom six budget side which we are however With the football we're playing, we're probably going to end up in sort of the bottom eight, maybe 10 at the end of the season. You know, and we finish where we are now in the bottom 10, aren't we, if we finish 14th. Um, the, The big concern for me is about these defeats when we go behind. You know, 13 defeats out of 15 games when we've conceded the first goal this season. 11 of those defeats are to nil
1: so if we're, we don't score we're, we're the first badly, goal, badly lacking aren't we creativity wise
3: well of course yeah. we are mate if we you know we've only scored four goals in the 15 games we've conceded first right nobody can tell me that's not a problem that is a massive problem I don't I think there's only four or five teams worse in the league than us from picking points up from when we go behind I don't think there's many teams that are worse for scoring goals when we go behind but we've scored in four games when we've, we've conceded first that's a problem no one's telling me that's not a problem and you know you look at the pitch you know the stuff on the pitch confidence is a massive issue as soon as we go a goal down everyone looks deflated you know it looks like
1: we've scored four just... goals all, all year
3: no we've scored in four games we've scored in four games in terms oh no, in yeah, terms of 2021 20,
1: we've, 20, we've scored four goals in 2021 if you take out the FA Cup
3: well fuck it I wish we could take out the FA Cup because we were champions that day as well to be fair <laughs> But we just looked sapped of energy. And I think for the first time last night, and I slept on it, and I don't like making mass decisions. Everyone's shouting Alex Neil out, Alex Neil out, you know, on Twitter. I'm, I'm getting barrages of abuse saying, oh, you know, this time well. And I'm like, just give me a break. Don't need this. Um, I think the majority is now, like, it appeals to a majority now in terms of changing the manager rather than a minority.
1: I think and, just on that, I don't think it's everyone's for the same reason, though, if that makes sense. Like, you've just said it feels stale, whereas there's other people that saying, no, he's been shit for ages, he's lost the players, he's lost the dressing room, get him out. Like, I think, Do you know what I mean? There's a there's difference. Even though, yeah, people might want the same thing, there's, there's a difference in reason for wanting that.
3: And I don't think it is all Alex Neal's fault why we're in this situation now. Yeah. I genuinely don't think it's all his fault. Yes, he's he's got to take part of the blame because he's the face of the football club and it's his he's team manager, that plays. Yeah. yeah, it's his team that plays on a Saturday or a Tuesday, whenever they play. It's, he, you know, he is the name above the door at the end of the day. So, yes, ultimately, he's culpable of the performances that haven't been good enough for, well, haven't been consistently good enough for some time, you know, We've played well and we've played well and lost games. We've played badly and won games. That's just the nature of football, unfortunately. But yeah, last night and this morning it just feels different. It just feels like the minority has turned into majority, and I worry about it now. I, I do worry about what's coming because yeah. it just feels a matter of time.
2: I don't think you can say that he's lost the dressing room though, purely because of every time a player signs a contract for DJ and players that have signed they've always men- mentioned the manager without fail and I don't think that's a coincidence because you know Pearson's moved on for reasons and stuff like that but every time they've mentioned the manager they've said how great a role it is and the reason they've signed so I think I can't. I don't think you can say that he's lost the dressing room my problem with him is the plan B and the tactical stuff I don't I just don't get it. I, I don't, like you've said with that stat, Jimmy, every time we go 1-0 down, it's like, it's game over, effectively. And I just think the plan B stuff, if he gets tactically outdone by the other manager, I just think it's game over for
3: us before we even kick off again from going 1-0 down. Yeah. I think look at the games we've come from behind this season, Brentford and Huddersfield. They're the only two games when we've picked up points. We've won both games. We've conceded fairly early goals and, I think Brentford he, he changed his tact to at time We blew him away in that twenty minute spell that you know completely spoils the party. Huddersfield, I think we played well after we conceded anyway. And you know Emil Reese had a good game. Yeah, you know, even that when Huddersfield went down to ten get ten, you know they, they still came on to us. They still wanted to attack. Here you, know, you look at their result yesterday. They've put four past the side that kept the most clean sheets and conceded the most, conceded the fewest goals in Championship history at this point. You know, who on to break break every record for conceding the goals, then they go to Huddersfield and they put four past them. That's that's frightening. You know, Huddersfield have a decent side. But I just think something's something to miss. And I think we've come to a point where there's an impasse now where ultimately one person controls what happens and it lives in the Isle of Man. And he it, you know, it doesn't matter what I say, what anyone on this podcast says, what any fan says, what probably anyone at the club says if Trevor Emmings wants to sack him he'll sack him if he wants to yeah. give him a three-year extension he'll give him a three-year extension he's the only person that will make that decision
1: Yeah, you know it can be Alex, it Alex can be advised. isn't to walk away is he?
3: why the hell would you walk away from a contract? you wouldn't You unless you unless you're in your 60s or 70s and you've made your career you wouldn't walk away from a contract he's yeah. 39 years old you know he's probably still got a mortgage to pay He's, probably, he's whilst he's a successful football person and, you know, in terms of having a playing career and a, and a managerial career that let's be honest, 99.9% of the population will never have. And um, he's still got things to pay. You know, it's, it's not like he's on life changing money for football, you know, because it'll have big expenses going out. So he's well, not going to walk natural. away. Well, he's, Exactly. He's not going to resign. Why, why would you resign? There's no, there's no need for him to look at the people that resigned mm. from football, from football jobs. Honestly, look at, look at guys who've resigned. Kavanka because he needed time out the game. I think Warnock resigned from a, from a job at some point because he needed time out of the game. It just doesn't happen. Paul Cook resigned from Wigan because they were in an absolute financial mess and yeah, they need to get out of there.
1: That's but an
3: understandable people, one, isn't it? But people don't resign. It just doesn't no. happen. So people are saying, no, oh, he needs to quit his job. It's Would never you, gonna you, happen. If, no, Let's put it into normal life context. If you're doing shit at your job, would you just would you put throw in your notice without a job to go to? You wouldn't. You'd, no. you'd wait until you find something else, and then you'd put put your notice in. Yeah. Just because football has a, has fees involved in contracts, it's like. But well, let's just look at it in normal black and white circumstances in terms of normal life, and it's not as easy as people think. Yeah, um, I think
1: people forget that he's he is only thirty nine. That's he's two and a bit years older than Paul Gallagher. Mm. You know that's unreal when like, it's, I, I forget it I know I forget about it you know he's still massively young in terms of a football manager and he's going to make mistakes
3: he, yeah. you know he said as much yesterday he said you know he's just as much to blame for the result yesterday as the players you know I think having that bit of humility to say that you know I am partly to blame for today's result is, is good to hear for, for me personally you know gives me that little bit of assurance that he's actually reflecting on his own performance in terms of sacking him, or if he if they do part ways mutually or whatever you want to call it, I just don't think it guarantees this instant success or this new manager bounce. I, I don't think it guarantees it. Whilst we look devoid of confidence, we look flat. just is sacking him the answer? I that and I I still don't know. Is the honest answer? I, I'm at, I'm at a position where I think something needs to change, but. I just don't know if it's the manager or what. I just can't. I, if he moves on, then he goes. With my best wishes, and you know, I think he's he's done a decent job in the three and a half years he's been here. But who comes in and does a better job? That's that's the problem because there's no simple answer to that for me.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Would
3: Appleton leave Lincoln? Top well, of the league, about to I mean, get promoted. I know I mean, he's a Preston lad. About
1: that.
3: I know he's a Preston lad and everything, but. If he wasn't from Preston and his team were third or fourth in the league, would he would he be taught in this the, the high regard that he is now? I don't know. You know, and I, I know they beat Wiggin getting away yesterday. I've not watched enough of him. I know obviously they've got Montsermer, the the centre half who scored a lot of goals this season and the they play all right football, but I don't know if he's the answer. Bristol City are interested in him as well. And if he looks at what he can do in terms of finances and freedom of a, of a role then he's probably going to get better finances and more freedom to do his job at Bristol City than he would here yeah. you know so then you've got Paul Cook and Danny Cowley why have they not got jobs already Yeah, I do, you know the Cowley brothers why Why is no club taking a chance on them if they're, they're as good as people make out you know there's got to be a reason behind that I think I did a piece of work I couldn't find it I think it was something I said on the podcast but I think there's only been three managers that have been paid for in the past two years in the Championship. I think it's lad lot at Watford now, um, Cisco, and, and then the Cali brothers and Corban at Huddersfield, they're the only three managerial appointments that have cost money yeah, in the last two years in the Championship.
1: Freeze. From within or freeze, hasn't it? So... I Don't see us spending the money. I just I, 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 don't
3: know that that might be me being really negative about it, but I just don't see us spending the money in the right place to bring in the right man. If Alex Neal does go
1: well, Pete, Peter said himself, didn't he? That this summit, we're, we're something this isn't verbatim, but something along the lines of we're going to be better placed than a lot of our rivals to sort of strengthen where we need to strengthen. Yeah, do you think, think that? I mean, I know we've said it before, it doesn't all come from the same part. It's not like a game of FIFA where you've got £10 million and that's your your player and everything else. But do you you really think going into a summer of rebuild that Trevor's going to be looking at Alex Neal's contract and thinking, yeah, I'll sack him and then pay money to bring someone else in? Like you said, it's more than likely going to be a free contract.
3: Hmm. If you think about it, it's going to cost him over a million pounds to sack him. Yeah, so that's a million pound out out of out of the club. Then, if you're bringing in someone like Appleton, that's going to have a fee to to Lincoln, then wages, then a sign-on fee. You're probably talking in the region of two and a half to three million quid combined to sack one and bring another one in.
1: Yeah,
3: you know, in terms of, uh, of total cost over the course of the year, and then he might want to bring his, his own backroom staff. You know, because let's be honest, he'll probably lose Frankie McAvoy because he's Alex Neil's right-hand man. Tomo will probably stay, Galli will probably stay. But I think there's financially it's gonna be a big call, either. Whichever way this goes, it's gonna be a big call. And yeah. that's why I, you know, the only person that's gonna make the decision is basically Alan Man, you know, ultimately.
1: And you would imagine he pays no little or no mind to what fans think or want. You know, there's a reason that he's a billionaire. <laughs>
2: Do you,
1: think, uh, nice, do you think the transfer window that's just gone
2: will play a part? Because it's his first one, in it, really, where he's he's had a say, you know, and he's come out of it. You know, every interview he's been smiling, he's been happy with the business he's done. It seems strange to sack him now after finally giving him what he wants when he's spent two windows asking for stuff and not getting out. It's I've, it's strange to sack him now.
1: I get I get what you're saying, but I think there's different ways to look at that in that you know you could look at back at his interviews over the last 2 years 18 months and say some and some people will say he's just peddled his, his moaning and whinging for that period of time about transfers and everything else and now he's got his back in it's moved over to the football or do you, do you get what i'm saying like cuz you know let's we've said it Ten minutes ago, the football has been largely pants for twelve months. Yeah. I think Again, the other I do thing... I do get what you're saying though, Josh. I think we aren't a reactive club in that way, I don't think.
3: I think the other thing is, you know, the managers been very vocal all season, probably back in the last season as well, about transfers. And I think he's right in terms of something he said, like in terms of the overhaul this January just gone. That it was too much, you know, eight in, eight out. It was, that's that's a big overhaul of players and probably too big. I don't really, you don't really see that happening in a January transfer window in any club. That's only part one of the overhaul for me. And the second part is this summer coming and it's going to be just as big, if not bigger. I think the probably be the very similar number of ins and outs. And I think I said it back in November or December, I said like, is Alex Neil going to be the man that's going to oversee the final bits of this overhaul? Because yeah, he's going to oversee this bit, you know, the January part. I just don't know. I, I'm I'm so like not sure about what the club's direction is going to be over the next two to three weeks. Because ultimately, if they st- stick by the manager, then you know th- they need to come out and say it, and they need to say like, you know, get the con- get the concern, get the performances aren't been great. But Alex Neal's our man, and we're, we're we're sticking by him. A bit old school, in, I think I think well, Lansdowne did it with um, Lee Johnson a couple of times before he sat him last season.
1: Peter did it with Alex, didn't he, before Christmas with George? George interviewed him, mm. and he but said it, not this, in exact terms, but he basically said, "Yeah, he's not going anywhere."
3: This feels different, though, Jake.
1: Yeah, it today, does. Feel, today but, feels different. What the point I'm making is is that. You know he's come out and said it in the past, so why not now?
3: Mm. They just feel very different, but just wait and see.
1: It's it's a massive, massive week. I think two home games. Yeah, QPR in good form, but on paper, the two winnable home games. I think he's got to win them.
3: If he's still here Wednesday, I think he's got to win the, win, win these next two games
1: yeah cool i think we can wrap part one up there boys unless you two have got anything else you want to add no
3: no cool. i need i need a cup of tea <laughs> yeah
1: i need i need a moment to recalibrate after that it was a a heavy half cool right sound i'll see you in part two boys the from the Finny podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor lanks live Lanx Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. Onto Matters Football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanx Live is that the news is all free to read and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanx.com dot live and sign up today to stay up to date with all the latest news coming from deepdale follow their dedicated twitter account at pne live and now back to the podcast welcome back to part two of the from the finney podcast in this part we're going to be joined by pc paul elliott or as many of you know him uh, pne police on twitter and then we'll round off the episode by looking ahead to wednesday night's game against qpr uh, Paul, first of all, thanks for joining us. Much appreciated.
0: Morning, gents. It's uh, good to be here. See some familiar faces after all this time, sat behind the desk. I, I know, wish I could sit say... the desk looking at you.
3: Yeah, I wish I could say I'd missed your face, Paul,
0: but I don't think I have. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we said he had a face for radio, Jim. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. obviously,
1: you know, many people will be aware, especially those that are on social media and and sort of pay attention to the news that there's been a, quite a significant rise in, in hate crimes, not just in football, but in sport in general of late. Um, just sort of want to get your take on hate crimes in general in, in football and, and where you think it, it's risen recently. Do you think lockdown hasn't helped things and and that sort of heightened what we're seeing at the moment?
0: I don't think um, not being at the stadiums has helped at all, to be honest. You know, um and it, I mean, it, it's interesting to, to sort of, first, I think what we need to do is identify what is a hate crime, you know what I mean? And, and so that people who are listening understand what a hate crime is and then yeah. sort of outline what it is. Because and, and it's not how. its not
1: just racism, is it?
0: No, 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 not at all, no. I mean, it, from a policing perspective in relation to this, this, how we record hate crime falls into, into five categories. And I'm making no apologies for reading the, the actual, um, you know, the, the description of it because it's it's one of these things that are just don't, don't easily roll off the tongue. Don't don't easily roll off the tongue, and you yeah. have to remember that many different uh, crimes in your head. That it's easier just to read it. So, hate crime is an act of prejudice or hostility towards any aspect of a person's identity or perceived belonging to a protected group. So that in, includes race, sexual, uh, sexuality. Religion, disability, and transgender. Now, last year, um, obviously we haven't got this year's statistics, but in the whole of the UK, there was approximately one hundred and five thousand hate crimes recorded. Now, that's not just online, or that that's hate crimes. not and it's not just in sport. That's overall hate crime. That that was one hundred and five thousand, approximately, in twenty twenty. Um, 2019 2020 which is an increase of eight percent seventy two percent of those uh, recordings were uh, directly in relation to race which is a six percent rise on the year before um and and basically every one of those five um uh, identities have seen an increase all except actually religion which has seen a bit of a decrease but basically all of those have seen an increase from a an arrest point of view and from a football point of view, last season, 2019, 2020, obviously, was a disrupted season where, you know, we only got to, was it March? And then fans yeah. were, were were sort of out of the stadiums. So I think there was 19% fewer um, games in total, but there was also a lot of games without fans in. Um, there was a 150% rise in footballer-rated arrests for racist and indecent chanting, that's fans inside stadiums. So 150% increase um, on the on the year, 2019, 2020. And 74% of them were in relation to race. So that was before fans got kicked out. I think what what's happened is, as we've all gone into this lockdown and we're all now sat watching the games on mobile devices or on TV... With you if you're like me and I know you you like ah when you're watching a game you're generally following on Twitter as well um and it's it's instantaneous you know you're you typing away as as a goal goes in or a decision goes against you um and because of that and the fact that we're not at the stadiums fans that is I think that's where that that's what led to this increase because the players are so out there you know a lot of players are so open with the social media stuff. Um, people feel like they're accessible now, don't you know what I mean? It's so, you know, years ago you had to wait near the car park to, to speak yeah. to a player or to get an autograph or... I don't know, I know, been able I, to do the,
1: the From the Finney Meets years ago.
0: No, no you know, you, you you didn't have access to players, did you? You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was literally at the, at the stadium and that, and that was it. And now because of the popularity of the sport and the popularity of social media... Um, and they've all got these image rights and everything else. They they, they sort of put themselves out there to engage. Um, you know, you only have to go on Marcus Rashford's uh, Twitter page. Now, Marcus has got over 4 million followers or something. And the work he's done outside of football is absolutely incredible, isn't it? You know, I don't think anyone will disagree with that.
1: I think you know, there will. It, I think there will be a few.
0: Well... Exactly. Some people think, you know, we should concentrate on his football, but that that's not what it's about, is it? He's in a position where he's able to
1: He can use uh, imp- his platform, can't he?
0: He's in a position where he can influence, you know, he's influenced the government on so many things this season. Um but then you go on his Twitter page and he, he tweeted yesterday, I saw him tweet yesterday about uh, Everton, the, the Merseyside Derby. I had to get that in, didn't I? Um about how the clubs were coming together to 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 do um, like a food bank, you know, food food drop. And that's all he said. It's great to see that these two clubs working together. And the first, sub, like, I, don't, I only read a few because it just, uh, in the end, you just think, why? Why it was abuse to him, not around his ethnicity, but about, you know, you need to be better. You need to be better in front of goal. You need to, you know, your touch should be better. You, and you're like, he's tweeting about helping people in food poverty. It's not about, if he was tweeting about great game today, should have had a hat-trick, then fair enough. We all have opinions, don't we, about players, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and that's fine, but then there's a line, isn't there? And that's where people cross it. I think well, there's a really good tweet. Opinion is a really good quote. Opinion is the the medium between knowledge and ignorance. Do you know what I mean? And um, Plato said that. I think he played for uh, Villa in the 70s. <laughs> Brazilian, a Greek international, I think he was. You're not making me fall for that one.
1: So, <laughs> what what do you the think? Puck- blurs the line at the minute between sort of opinion and hate crime or even if there is a blurred line like you'll you'll get people tweeting stuff to players and and not see a problem with it and then everyone other people look at that and go you can't say that to a player what what do you think is the reason behind what... that sort of that thinking from some people
0: I think I think a lot of it and um, you know there's it's not about blurred lines as such, because if you're bringing some of these race, sexuality, religion, disability, or trans, any of them protected characteristics into how they perform on a football pitch, there's there's, there's no grey area around that. Do you know what I mean? That that's just an out and out um, offence, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. You know, there's 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 two offences. You know, the the malicious communications act, which is. You know, if I tweeted you and just give you a, a, a round of, you know, of, of abuse that you felt you felt was grossly offensive to you, take them characteristics out of it, then that in itself is an offence. Do you know what I mean? If you yeah. feel that it, it's grossly offensive.
1: So that's not in, classed and, as a hate and, crime
0: then? That's not classed as a hate Sorry. crime, no. And that's, that's where, you know, sometimes we get people will at me or they'll send me a direct message and say, have you seen this? You know, and, and I'm not the person to report them to. You know what I mean? You know, there's 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 various ways to report these offences. You can go on the Langs Police uh, website and there's an online uh, portal that you can go on to to report any of these incidents. You can ring 101. You can, you know, you can get in contact with, kick it out, them sorts of people. Don't get me wrong, I'm a police officer and I'm not going to ignore it. I'm not going to say, oh, when I say don't send them to me, it's because... I physically haven't got the means to sort of put, you know, to instigate that crime on my, you know, I'm sat in, me, in my living room or whatever, watching the game. Yeah. I, I haven't got access to the crime recording system to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's why these other things are in place to, to do it. Do you know what I mean? Um, so you've got the malicious communications act, which is me, just me giving you or a player or someone a load of really offence. I mean, I'll give, you, I'll give you a good example of one, and I'm sure they won't mind me tell, uh, bringing this up, but um, when Twitter first sort of come about, um, the uh, David Buchanan, you know, who used to play for North End, yeah, he got the most horrendous, horrific tweets you've ever seen. Honestly, stuff that I'd, I don't think I've seen the like of it before, and it was nothing to do with any of them protected characteristics. It was about his wife and his children. And it was vile, you know what I mean. Now, fortunately, <clears throat> so he, he got in. He got in touch with me uh, through the club, and we we investigated it, and you know we we took action against the individual involved. Um, and and another one, um, Ian Hume, obviously North End centre forward. He got he got one um, in relation to his injury. You know, you know, he, he obviously had yeah, that yeah. horrific injury when he fractured, his, he fractured skull. his skull. Yeah, yeah. Against Sheffield United, and then um, somebody tweeted him about that. But again, like a horrific, like you think what what's going through people's minds to to to, to tweet or to send someone a message about that? Now that resulted in someone getting a caution and then being banned for life from their football club. Now I will stress it wasn't a, a PNE fan or anything like that. But everything, you, everything you do, you know, I've done a lot of work recently with. Uh, P community trust, you know, during the lockdown and stuff, going to schools and 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 colleges and stuff, just talking about crime and, and, and other things outside of football, county lines, drug dealing and all that. And, and uh, the reason behind that is to sort of stress the importance of, of the decisions you make in your life and how the impact on you when you when you get to our age, you know, and, and, and user we're all of varying ages here, the, the, the four of us. Um but something you do when you're 17, 18. Can have a massive impact when you're thirty 30, 35. you know you all you you all work Jimmy's worked around football and stuff and, and you know these these checks come up nowadays and and for the sake of a tweet, are you gonna jeopardize your whole your whole future? it just mm. seems just seems madness really
3: yeah yeah paul, what do you think's i suppose attributed to the, the increase in hate crime online via Twitter because some of the stuff that we see now is is vile. Let's be honest. You know, especially aimed at the more ho- high-profile players in the UK, but also aimed at some North End players. You know, some if you go on some players' you know Twitter profiles after games, and you can search like some of their latest tweets of people of what people have aimed at them. It's 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 wrong. You know. So, what do you think's attributed to that increase over the past, I suppose, two or three years, especially?
0: I think, I think it comes back to sort of uh, accessibility and, and anonymity as well. You know, I think mm. people hide behind an avatar. You know, it's, I don't think there's any accountability in that respect. I think it's dead easy, isn't it, to set up a, a, an account in a, in a, in a name using the, you know, a five-stage email. You know, you can, you can set up numerous email addresses linked to a throwaway SIM card. Um, and and it's that sort of hiding behind a, a, an avatar. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't go up to someone and say it to the face, would you? So, but but because there's that many layers within setting up these accounts, I think that it gives people the confidence to be able to to come out and 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 say it. You know, uh, you, you get yeah they say you know it's gone back years and a keyboard warrior. You know that sort yeah. of. But I think it's it's gone on a, a level further, and it that just used to be people giving each other a bit of grief about you know having a scrap or whatever, you know, and and I'll meet you there and then and whatever, um, and that that it's was it's mainly sort of consigned
1: to forums as well. You know, it's yeah, yeah, social media has helped sort of br- further the reach of that sort of stuff.
3: Yeah, it's massively accelerated, hasn't it? Past two three years, especially. Do you agree with the, the obviously? There's a the talk in the press at the moment about you know having an idea to attached to your twitter account because so, obviously it will get rid of all these hopefully it'll get rid of all these sort of people hiding behind an avatar and the keyboard worries because we've had it ourselves you know we've been giving grief off people with a like a thumb or something like that as a as, as a picture you know <laughs> and we don't have a clue yeah. who these people are but yeah. we'll, we'll just get we get grief off them and we're like not a clue who you are but thanks for your message but do you agree with this
0: thing about obviously an id being attached to a profile as such personally i've got no issues with that at all i don't think it affects people's you know freedom of speech or whatever you know i think i'm very much of the opinion that you you know freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequence so in order for there to be a consequence to some you know speech the needs you need to be able to to track and trace who those people are who are saying it and it's not about you know the government watching you, or Big Brother watching you, or the police keeping an eye on you. I
1: mean, let, I let's be about honest on personal that. Personal
0: responsibility, in it,
1: yeah, yeah. But the people that are asked about the government or whatever company watching you, they've got all the data they want on you anyway.
0: You know, again, it's it's one of them things. It, it always makes me laugh. You know, and uh, recently with the with the vaccines and stuff, you know, people saying, you know, it's 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 going to so that the, the messaging off their mobile phone that's linked to an IP address. they've got a phone contract for you know the government aren't keeping track on me well there you go you have just signed (laughs) for that mobile phone contract your ip address is linked to your broadband which is linked to your house which is yeah they're not going to keep track on you though you're right they're not they're going to put this little chip inside the back seat yeah you know and i understand the, the wider aspect of control and all that sort of stuff but personally from my point you know not speaking as a as a police officer speaking as a human um I have got no issue with 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 you know giving my details up for to to get a, an account. I, I think there should be more accountability. I know in Australia, um, I have seen something on the news recently where the um, they've been fining people. You know if they if they find uh, if they track down the trolls and stuff, and I think the fines are something outlandish, like a hundred grand. Um, you know, which which is sort of poor. A stop to quite a lot of it. Apparently, you know, huge fines. Now, I don't, you know, I'm not saying let's fine everyone, but before we get to that stage, we could certainly put things in place. Certainly, the social media companies could be a bit more responsible and put things in place. Now, I don't go through all the tweets, you know, to the club and stuff, um, or or even to, to the you know to the police accounts, but obviously they are monitored. Um, there are ways of monitor. You know, there are ways of these companies nowadays do have filters to monitor, you know, to look for keywords. We all know that because you, you talk about something with your mates online. The next thing it's on your Facebook thing and it, you know, it, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's madness, but you know, the these things are out there. So I don't see any reason why not to, to, you have to use like, you can still have your anonymity as in, you know, you can still be a thumb in your avatar if you want, but that thumb's linked to, you know, at Paul Elliott, you know, Paul Elliott's at whatever Gmail account. I don't yeah. see what's wrong with that. You know, it it, it it's it, it's mad.
1: In terms of the club then, how how have things been sort of from a north end related point of view? Obviously, I'm not asking you to go into specifics and name names or anything like that, but I think there might be some people listening to this and think, well, I've seen I've seen a few bits and bats on social media, but it's not been too bad. I mean, Alex Neal this week uh, has even spoken about it, hasn't he? In the in the LEP. So, yeah. from from your sort of point of view and your involvement with with the club, how how's it how's it been from from that side of things?
0: I mean, again, without going into specific sort of uh, jobs, I've got a couple of ongoing jobs. Not that you know, in relation to stuff PNE fans have, have tweeted. Um, and I know um, Tom at Blackpool has got. A couple, uh, Ross, who does Burnley, um, is dealing with one at the minute. So there will be an increase this season for us on um, previous years. And again, you know, you you don't have to go far to find it. Um, The thing for me, it's different. It's not different. It's sort of different when you're in the ground. We've all been there. You know, we've all stood in stood on a terrace, and someone does something wrong in front of you, and it, the instant thing is, it you you just you know you're giving someone a a, a mouthful of what you think, and um, you know they missed a, they missed a chance, they missed a sitter, whatever they put a bad tackle in. It, it, it happens; it's instantaneous. The thing about social media is, you know, you've got to you've got to sit there and actually think about what you're typing. Yeah. Get to the get to the end of that tweet
1: and then press another button
0: and then press another button you've got time to filter yourself you've got time to filter what you're gonna say you know i think i tweeted the other day um when Everton got beat off uh city about uh i think jordan someone said something about the the, third goal i said he's got wrists like kit kats you know what i mean because he should have kept it out now that's for me, that's my opinion, you know what I mean? He should have done better than but I didn't add anything else to it. You know, I wouldn't criticise him because of his race, his sexuality, his religion. You know, it that doesn't come into my my mindset. Do you know what I mean? And I think we should be allowed to have an opinion on players and, and, and the managers and stuff. It's it's when we take there's no reason to bring it into a personal domain. You might not think that the best player. You know what I mean? You might not think they're the fastest. You might not think they're the most mobile. You might not think you, you think they should have scored, took a chance. But the minute you sort of cross that line into being grossly offensive, or you bring into play one of those five protected characteristics, you're opening a you're opening a, a door really to to yourself, and you're leaving yourself in a bit of a vulnerable position. Whereby once it's out there, it's out there, and you go back and delete it. You don't know who's screenshot it, you don't know yeah. who's seen it, and you don't know who sent it to the police or highlighted it to kick it out. Or you know, we get reports via kick it out through the uh, the, the football policing unit down in London, and you know, and we, we take every every one of these reports really seriously. Um, you know, a malicious communications act offense can carry up to two years' imprisonment. You know, they're not they're not sort of petty, you're not gonna get a slap on the wrist.
1: Yeah, I mean serious stuff, isn't it?
0: Well, it's stuff that. As I said, Jake, it's stuff that like massively impacts on your life. You, you, you've got to, you know, the we all know a lot of people are out of work at the minute because of what's gone on. It's going to be harder and harder to get a job, you know, in in the next few years. Do you really think that an employer is going to look at you for a racially aggravated or a you know a hate crime offence on your on your CV? They're not hardly. They're you're not even going to get through the paper. If that 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 application's going in the bin before it goes anywhere in my
1: opinion you know yeah I think it's important as well that a lot of like you said you know people that are sort of 15, 16, 17 on social media in their opinion might be making sort of like a an off the cuff comment without realising the repercussions and I think it's important for football fans obviously in in this instance because we're on a football podcast to sort of just take a second and, and take heed about what it is that they're, they're saying and what they're doing and, and the implications that that could have because, you know, even uni applications and stuff like that, it, it could just be straight in the bin. I mean, Josh, I know you're at college. You'll probably have a better idea of that sort of process, but it, it could have massive impact.
2: Yeah, yeah, they'll definitely look at it. Um, you know, just to search your name, you know, just looking through tweets and replies, you can find anything easily especially on Twitter so you know you've got to
3: but yeah they definitely do look at it especially unis I think we all do s- s- daft stuff when we're young right and you know there's plenty of instances where uh, Paul will probably know about me being uh, daft and get myself <laughs> into situations and different people that, get that's, themselves that's into situations we, that's how
0: we co- that's how we come to meet each other Jim exactly yeah
3: <laughs> but um, you know don't affect the rest of your life by doing something stupid that's illegal you know, especially in the public domain like it is now, because you know, like Paul's mentioned about the pre- protective characteristics. You, why would you ever bring somebody's race or religion or ethnicity into a tweet? You know, if you don't, if you don't agree with someone's performance or you don't agree with some, the way they're playing as a footballer, there's absolutely no excuse to bring that sort of that reasoning into a tweet. You know, and we we've seen it, and people have said stupid things online you know and they've pay, paid the price ultimately and you know and they've said you know I know people that have said daft things in person and, and ultimately have criminal records on the back of it you know from off-the-cuff comments and you know this is something that they now have to deal with every time they apply for a new job or a new role and it's an absolute minefield for these people to get a new job you know because of something they said off-the-cuff 10, 15, 20 years ago? The thing about social media is
0: there's no boundaries or borders with it, is there? You know what I mean? It, if, you, if you're in the pub with your mates or you're in the stadium sat in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in your in the section that you've sat in for 10 years, generally you're around people with the same mindset. So if you say something, you're probably unlikely to be picked up on it or offend those people in that immediate area to you. You say something on social media it, with it. The minute you press send, it's someone free from in isn't it? Well, someone in America's reading that, or someone in in Hong Kong. You know, it, it's literally global, isn't it? You know, it it knows no borders. It doesn't have boundaries. You, as I say, you in the stadiums. You, you're sort of round people. You tend to go with the same mates. You, you'll sit. You know, someone will tell you to wind your neck in. You wind your neck in. It's instantaneous. You, you, the minute you hit send on that tweet, it's there. It's gone. It's out there, and and someone on it, you know, will, you know, someone will screenshot it. You know, we've all we've all been then thought, oh, I'll have to delete that, and you go back and it's you think, oh, how, how many people have seen it? You know,
1: yeah, I, I have. Well, you mentioned before we're all in how many different WhatsApp groups? How many screenshots of different things on social media you get? Posted around yeah. in all the different WhatsApp groups. It's just, just happens, doesn't it?
0: I've been sending them plenty of Everton ones this morning, trust me.
1: Um, <laughs> What's that? What you one, Any, anything anything in just, particular? Just, a, or?
0: Just, just another Saturday, mate. Just another Saturday <laughs> on the road for the Mighty Blues. I'll send you them in a minute, Jim. That's all. But um, I, I, I know I've sent, I saw a tweet a few months ago uh, from a PNE fan in relation to uh, a game. And it was seconds old, and I immediately screenshot it. And I, his, D, his DMs were open, and I messaged them straight away and said, are you sure about this? You know, and it wasn't anything particularly, um, you know, offensive. I don't know whether, it, again, it probably would have been an incident rather than a crime. But straight away, I replied, sorry, deleted it, and then said, Oh yeah, I didn't really think before I sent that. Um, I've applied for this job. You know, and, I, and when I explained and went through it, direct messaged. You know, he was like, "All oh, right, yeah, I didn't really think of that because I'm applying to go in the army or the navy or the RAF." So, you know, and, you, and I said, "Well, that, that that could have scuppered that within, you know, to use a naval term, that could have scuppered scuppered that within seconds." And you you just sent it without without any thought. It's it's instantaneous in it uh, when you're at the game or in the pub or whatever. You, it just but with social media, you have actually got time to think about it because yeah. you're thinking about it and typing it, and you yeah. still press and send at the end. You've got time to edit that. You've got time to audit it. You have got time to think: Is this going to get me? A, is this going to open up a world of pain for me? And the person who receives it and other people who see it: How are they going to feel about it? You know, every we're all we all have the right. To 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 live a, a nice, quiet, comfortable life without being harassed, alarmed, distressed, felt like we're isolated, felt like we're being discriminated against. And that's the important thing, in it. Why, as Jimmy said, why why is there a need to bring any of them five protected characteristics into a tweet about a footballer, about his performance on the pitch, whether you agree with it or not? There's no there's there's no
1: need. Absolutely no need. Yeah, we we've we've dealt with not us personally, but obviously Oli recently has dealt with quite a lot of stuff and seeing people on online trying to justify that the it was. I mean, let's not let's not make bones about it. The abuse that he got and, and we're saying, oh, you need you know if if you put yourself out there, you need to be able to take it. And it's like, well, yeah, engage us in in debate and, and have a, a reasoned discussion about why you don't maybe agree with what we've said, but don't abuse someone. And then don't try and justify the abuse by saying, "Well, you put yourself in a public domain." So tough shit.
0: Yeah, I think it's similar with similar with our job, mate. You know, being in the police, you, as you can imagine, you yeah, you, you get a lot, you get a lot of grief, and 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 again, I, I get a lot of grief on 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 Twitter and that as well. You know, on on the social media, um, mainly from the anonymous from the thumbs out there. You know, <laughs> um, and, and 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 again, we as you know, police officers are expected to be of firmer, you know, uh, resilience. And for some of us like me, yeah, it's wa- to, to be honest with you, it's water off a duck's back to me. It doesn't, it genuine, it, you know, it doesn't bother me. Um, but we're not all the same, are we? You know, we're all human at the end of the day and we've all got families and, you know, we're all just going out there to do a job. Um, yeah, criticise the way I, I do my job if you want. But don't sort of it. It doesn't need to go any further about me family or this, that, and the other, yeah. or anyone else's families, or again those protected characteristics that shouldn't come into it. Yeah, it's about tolerance, isn't it? You know. Yeah, with, exactly. Um, it just seems at the minute. I don't know about you, you boys, but you know, obviously the lockdown. I don't think has helped everyone sort of getting a bit of cabin fever, and um, nowadays it's not necessarily about as you just said then about opinion you know with Jake I, uh, with um Ollie I messaged Ollie just to say like you know just keep chin up type thing um it's it's now it's not even like you can have a a, a, a debate about opinion can you you know what i mean you're either in that camp or you're in that camp and that's it there's no middle ground that opinion has gone you know as i said as as the great center forward plato said it's the medium between, <laughs> for me, it's the medium between knowledge and ignorance, isn't it, you know, and and that's the, the the middle ground. You can't seem to debate anyone anymore. It's either you're, you're, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah. Let's let's leave it at that. And you end up then in little groups, and you'll only follow them little. That's what I was saying to Ollie. You know, that, I, like I know you, I know you, you blocked a few people yesterday, and I, I see why you do it, why you did it. But again, I don't, I personally, me. I, I never I've never blocked anyone on here because I, I think um I like to see what people say. It, 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 it's about that debate and the knowledge and stuff, you know what I mean? So it, it doesn't it doesn't affect me. I, it, it is literally in one ear and not the other. Jimmy will tell you I've got nothing in between. Um it it, it, it doesn't it's what you can call me whatever you, you know and I have been called a few names, haven't I, Jim? Um <laughs> rightly so. Uh it doesn't it doesn't impact on me, but people are different, everyone's different and and they'll read stuff and they'll take it to heart. You know, they'll take it. And, yeah. and rightly so, and pers- you know, real personal stuff. It, it's it's wrong, in it? Yeah. And I think nobody knows what's going on behind
3: closed doors. You know, social media is a fun a lot of the time for people. You know, nobody has an I- any idea what's going on, you know, in the four walls of, of your own homes. And, you know, a lot of people are dealing with a lot of different issues at this moment in time. And, you know, some of the stuff that gets banned about on social media, you know it's disgrace. You know a, a book that I think everybody should read is um, "A Life Too Short." But uh, the story of Robert Enker, the German goalkeeper who took his own life back in um, 2010, because some of the stuff that he received and some of the way that he was treated is um, was, was horrendous. And that wasn't just via social media; that was also in person as well, from the way that he was spoken to by fans of Barcelona and other clubs. And ultimately, you know, he took his own life. And I think it's, a, it's, a, it's the, best, the best book for the wrong reasons I've ever read, because it's always mm. stuck with me, that story. And I think, you know, nobody knows what's going on in people's minds or in people's homes, you know. So no. it, it's just, it's one of them, think before you tweet and, you know, just continue to be kind a lot of the time. You can have an opinion, you know, you can disagree with people, don't need to be abusive
0: about it. Yeah. If, you can't, if you can't say anything nice, just don't say anything. Do you know what I mean? As everyone's said,
1: everyone's heard that, haven't they? You know, we all got told yeah, well, that in primary school, didn't we?
0: It's true, though, isn't it? You know, it's never yeah. a true word said. It's, it's 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 one of them. Again, you can have an opinion about someone's you know performance on the pitch and and your disappointment uh, at certain aspects. You know, which I'm sure after yesterday's defeat, um, there'll be plenty online giving it the big one. You know, and and. You know, we all invest in our football clubs, don't we? You know, monetarily and emotionally, and so we feel—and um, rightly so—that we, we can have an opinion on it, and to to a degree, we can have an opinion on it because there are team, there are our club, and we feel deeply about them, and we want them to succeed. So we can say that that performance wasn't good enough, and you know, our views on the man, the, the team selection, the, the the formation, who's performing, who's not performing. But the minute you sort of going, you cross that line into the, you know, without over egging it and giving it, you know, going over all grounds, once you become grossly offensive or touch on any of those protected characteristics, you, you're leaving yourself wide open.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, how, can, how can people go about reporting it again? Just another reminder.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Lang's Police website, um, there's an online uh, reporting uh, portal. To report any incidents yeah. of any of any type it's not just in relation to uh, these sort of hate crimes and malcoms and malicious communications that's just to report anything obviously you've got 101 um which you can get through to a a, a human to speak to uh who will report it for you uh, you've got several you've got kick it out who, who do uh, an online thing as well yeah. i mean the kick it out kick it out have got an app actually for your phones which you can go on when fans eventually get back inside the stadiums um it's 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 cu- it's quite apt that we talk about this it's about a year we're coming up to a year aren't we without fans and um we actually had instigated a uh, in conjunction with the club a hate crime weekend. it was supposed to be over the Easter, the Easter weekend and um the club we we spoke to the club about setting up a dedicated you know like a text number you know, like you have these just like five-digit numbers you can text and stuff. That was going to come into force around the Easter weekend last year. Um, we'd got a bit of money from um, a fund that we'd tapped into to have the number printed on like the Ball Boys' shirts with the Hate Crime logo and stuff like that. Um, and that was all geared up. And then obviously the world changed, in the, you know, with um, the, the COVID and stuff. So, yeah, so you can report it those ways. Um, hopefully when fans come back in, to the stadiums at some point I don't know when but at some point then there'll be other avenues as I say these the phone lines dedicated phone lines obviously I've got a Twitter account but it's not the ideal place to report it because I haven't got access to the crime systems to, to upload it and I'd only be directing you towards one of those those other places
1: anyway yeah if anyone yeah, wanted so. to follow you anyway what's your what's your Twitter handle
0: at PNE police the largest the largest football policing account I think now just overtook West Mid's uh, Aston Villa Stu Bladen gutted isn't speaking to me now
1: it's not so a it's competition to you on the back, mate? you've done it yourself <laughs> it's not it
0: as I keep saying to him now, it's not a competition we're all in it together to help the world spin nice and friendly and be all nice
1: yeah I think we're a long way from that but we can dream
0: yeah Um, yeah, cheers. One day, one day, no worries, mate. Thanks for coming on and um, good to see you all. Yeah, keep up the good work,
1: keep up the good work. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Right, cheers for that, Paul. Thank you very much. Our boys, how are we feeling about it?
0: EPR,
3: yeah, yeah, it's probably the worst game that we could get at this moment in time because they predictably hit form, haven't they? Um, yeah, I looked at their. Last seven games. I think they've won six and lost just the one. Gone above us yesterday on goal difference as well. And they've got yeah. two games in Andamus. So, yeah, probably the worst game we could have, let's be honest. But it is what it is.
1: It is indeed. It's, um, yeah, you mentioned their form. They've lost one game this calendar year 1 uh, 0 at, uh, uh, at home to Derby. And then. Yeah, they've they've apart from that, they've won every other game they've played in 2021. Six wins. There was a postponement in there as well against Rotherham, but...
3: I don't think it really matters. I think that, you know, you look at the, the results since the turn of the year. I, I think if you look at since Boxing Day, because I, I did a bit of research on it. They were playing four at the back. They were playing 4-2-3-1 three, three, shape for a lot of the season until Boxing Day. I think they played Swansea. They got B at home. Uh, that, that was the point where they've gone three at the back, and they've been three at the back ever since. And they've won six, drawn one, and lost three of them games. Lost two. So I've got you know, it as three, but anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Jane, unless, I don't
1: it, do to me. unless it was the cop.
3: Possibly, because it was on FB ref, so it's probably just included all the games. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, just looking
1: at league here, but yeah, anyway. Yeah.
3: So it's a six-one two in the league in like nine games since Boxing Day. That that shows an upturn in form. Um they've started the last the the, start, the same team last three games running unchanged. Um, so it shows that bit of consistency, a bit of continu- continuity in terms of the team they're putting out. Um, front two of Austin and Lyndon Dykes, so decent front two, but a handful. I think Austin scored three in his seven games since he's come back. Lyndon Dykes hasn't really scored for, but I think he's gone about 12 games without a goal, but a handful nonetheless. I know a lot of people liked him when he was at Livingston. Um but they don't use players. They've used second-fewest players in the league. They've only used 26 players this season. We've used the third most. So I just think that the goals have dried up for us. You know, we, we took 10 points from our last 10 games. We've only scored six goals. These are in form. The scoring. They're keeping it fairly tight at the back. It's, probably, it's just the worst game for me that we could have at this moment in time. You know, we've just played Cardiff. They'd won four on the bounce before yesterday. So five, five wins in a row for them now. Just playing the wrong teams at the wrong time for me at the minute. I know you've got to play these teams eventually, but my word, playing everybody when they're in form at the minute, and it's probably not, it's probably not helping us either, especially because we're so out of form at the minute.
1: Yeah. Well, their last last five games, they've won to one. So, 1-0, one, 2-1. Um, and considering the rate that we're giving goals away at the minute, you you wouldn't be too optimistic heading into it.
2: No. They beat some good sides as well. They've beaten, you know, they've won away at Cardiff and Watford. And in the last two, they've, you know, they've beaten Brentford and Bournemouth at home. So it's not like they are beaten relegation candidates.
3: So, yeah, can't see us getting much from it to be honest. Yeah,
2: it's yeah. a tough one.
3: It's, and it's tough given the form we're in as well. You know, we've talked enough about, in part one about how we're playing at the minute. You know, I think Rovers game, they were out of form and we were out of form and we just come out on top. You know, in you know, we probably should have won by more on the night as well. But yeah, it's not. You know, people look at it and they'll think, oh, it's four, 13th against fourteenth or whatever it is. I think, oh yeah, we should be beating a team like QPR. But let's look at you know, look at QPR as a team. They're informed. They're playing well. We'll probably go three-five-two again because of the shape that they play. We know Alex Neil likes to match teams up. You know, and you look at the job they did on us. And the last game we with fans in. You know, that still bloody hurts me. The fact, that the last time I saw North End in the flesh, we, <laughs> we, were, as it, as poor. Um, we were horrendously poor second half because one, we were 1-0 in front, weren't we? Yeah. In control of the game, and was absolutely tearing their left back, Ryan Manning wearing it apart and then for some God knows God knows what reason Tinkerman decides to bring barke to the left wing back next minute. Manning's got the freedom of PR1 runs down left wing puts one in the top corner and then Eze you know even though they went down to 10 men Eze just started and I say Samuel started running the show I like what are we doing so yeah that still hurts that's the last game I saw North End play in the flesh and that's <laughs> that's the last not, memory not, right? nice,
1: not nice memories is it That's yeah, grim it's just bloody grim isn't it but
3: hey ho so yeah hey. I, I, I would take a point is, is your next question because you can ask me a prediction right there
1: yeah, I one can stop piece. it if you want.
3: No, one a piece, one a piece. Josh, no, I'm, I'm going to go two no, keep KPR. Yeah.
1: yeah, I think they'll beat us two one. I think we'll score, but I think they'll they'll win two one. Yeah. We'll Some... score
3: in at home. That'd be novel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just I have this vision in my head of it all starting really well for us, and then we just capitulate.
3: It's just unraveling, isn't it? Yeah, in it's a
1: ma- massive, massive week. But saying that, we said that in December. Well, November, about December, and we, we came through December pretty well.
3: I remember saying it before the Bournemouth game. Like this is probably the biggest month of the season. And I you know, when we beating Bournemouth on their own patch, which none of us really saw
1: coming. Well um, we, we played eight eight games that month. Lost mm-hmm. two, drew one and won five. Yeah. And then our form's been pretty much the opposite since then.
3: He's got to pick it up. It's yeah, got to pick it up,
1: big time, big time. Right, cheers, boys. Thank you very much. Um, nice one. Unless you've got anything else you want to add or say, Josh, where can people find you on Twitter?
2: Uh, it's jnolesport on Twitter.
1: Cool. Yeah, go and give him a follow. I only followed you back the other day because I didn't realize I wasn't following you. Sorry about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, just
2: my Jake.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, go and go and check Josh out on Twitter. He's um, he's done some excellent pieces for us recently and no doubt we'll have you on again soon um yeah cheers thank you very much and thank you listener for listening to episode 41 of the from the Finny podcast as i said at the start you can support us by just heading over to supported.acast.com forward slash from the finny, and like josh go and give him a follow on twitter if you're not following us on twitter go and go and give us a follow as well and yeah cheers boys thank you alright North End fans the juice here you're listening to From the Finny this is our
0: brand new single Tell Me Tina hope you enjoy it <laughs>
4: We'll I right